You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome to Walk It Out. It's a new year, a new season for the show, and I'll be introducing you to a new friend. Hannah Brencher is an author, blogger, TED speaker, and entrepreneur. She founded The World Needs More Love Letters, a global community dedicated to sending letter bundles to those who need encouragement. She was named as one of the White House's women working who to do good and is a spokesperson for the United States Postal Service. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Oprah, Glamour, USA Today, and she lives in Atlanta with her family. So welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I know it's been a big year for you. You have a brand new book, a brand new baby. Yeah, There's a lot that. been going on recently. That is very true. <laughs> Had a baby in the middle of the pandemic. So, yeah, you know, that, I mean, there's not enough exciting things going on, but right. it is exciting having a sweet new baby. And I was looking on Instagram and she is just adorable. I think she makes the days better and easier. So I feel like I'm the lucky one to have a baby in the pandemic because it's like, how can you have a bad day? day with her. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> She's so adorable. I love it. And your new book is Fighting Forward. And I love the subtitle, Your Nitty Gritty Guide to Beating the Lies That Hold You Back. And as I was reading through the book, which I really am enjoying, and I went over to see Amazon and get like, I always love to get, scoop, get the scoop on how it's getting promoted and all those things. And I saw already that it's the number one release on depression. So, I know, right? yes. My team just told me that the other day, and that was awesome. They were like, I mean, it's depression, so take it what it is. And I was like, I feel like that's an honor to be the number one in depression because so many people are dealing with that these days. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, there's so much going on. And then here you have this book that is giving people hope, encourage them to keep fighting. Um, and I know sometimes mental health is hard to talk about, but my husband and I, we've adopted seven kids and wow. four of them were teenagers from foster care. And so for us, mental health is like something we talk about on a daily basis. I just feel like I've just gotten this whole just um, introduction to just some of the struggles of depression and anxiety. So I would just love to hear the story of why this was so important for you to write about. So I am somebody who has dealt with depression and continues to deal with depression in daily life. It's just something that I feel like now I'm in more of like a maintenance with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it came to the idea for this book, um, it was actually in 2014 that I went through a pretty life-threatening depression. And I remember having a moment on Christmas Eve of that year where I kind of looked around and I thought to myself, like, 
I don't really like the way that I'm fighting, you know, like I am not showing up to this, how I wish that I was showing up for this. And that's not to say that you have to show up in any kind of way when you're going through a mental illness. But I just knew like, I was particularly good at giving words to other people, like words of encouragement. And I wasn't giving any of that to myself. And I remember driving down to the convenience store and I bought a black notebook. And inside of that notebook, I just started to write words that I hoped would one day I would give to a daughter of mine, knowing that like she at some point is going to reach the point where she needs to show up and fight for her life. And what are the words that I would give her? Because those are actually the words that I needed for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where the origins of like this idea of fight songs came from was in the thick of that depression. But like walking out of that and now being in this like daily life, I wanted to write a book full of those fight songs for people that just felt stuck. And I think when it comes to this idea of moving forward, whether or whether it's regarding a mental illness or not, um, sometimes it's not moving forward and it's not walking forward and it's certainly not running forward. Like sometimes the best way to describe it is like, you're just fighting forward. You're showing up Mm -hmm. every day for that fight. And that fight is not easy, but that fight is worth it. It's worth it to fight, to stay here. Yeah, that is so good. And I think, um, you know, so many times, like I've heard so many times, like, can't wait for 2020 to be behind us. And this has been a horrible year. And I'm thinking like, if it doesn't change inside us, like Mm, it's not going to change. Nothing will change. Nothing will change. And I loved what you talked about, about Isaiah 43, 19. And um, Mm -hmm. just for those who may not be familiar, it's behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And then you talked about just how um, the change happens internally and we allow God to rebuild ourselves. So just share a little bit about that, because I love that part when you were talking about that in the book. Yeah. So that was something that really kind of like blew my mind when I figured it out because like I'm a Bible study nerd. So like I love to like dig in there and figure out like the original language and all the things that I didn't see before. And so um, for this particularly, like we all, a lot of us know that verse in Isaiah 43, 19, and we speak it over like new parts of our lives, right? Like I'm doing a new thing. And like there is meant and intended to be that hope there. But what I found to be really refreshing was that word new thing. Like it actually in the Hebrew is this word kadash. And it means like, it means to rebuild or renew or repair. And to me, I thought, oh my goodness, like that means that like God is not caught off guard by the things that we've walked through or the things that we thought were going to destroy us. And even more than that, he's not discounting those things. He's saying, actually, like, I'm going to use those things to build the new. And so where you want to shy away from it or like push it off to the side so that no one can ever see it, like God's in essence saying, like, I'm going to use the old and the new to bring about this new thing. And so we can't discount that thing. And to me, that just gives me just so much hope. Yeah, that's so good because I like have stars by it and underlined it when I was reading it. And it made me think of my own life. I was a teen mom. I had my oldest when I was 17. Before that, I had an abortion, which is something I really regret. And for years, like 
five, six years, I just tried to ignore it. Like I didn't want to think about Mm -hmm. it. I was, I gave my life to God. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm a Christian mom and wife. And, you know, I ended up marrying this wonderful Christian guy. I'm like, I'm just going to forget all that. And Mm. God, through my pastor at the time, he wanted me to help start a crisis pregnancy center. And that was like the last thing I wanted to do. He knew my story, but I'm like, I don't want to tell everybody like my past. And as I prayed about, I felt God saying like, don't you wish you had someone that could have talked to you and encouraged you and given you hope? And I remember knowing I was called to that. And that was in 99. We started Hope Pregnancy Center in Montana which I live in Arkansas now but like just today I was going through looking at Instagram and it popped up earn while you learn at our center in you know Kalispell Montana and I'm like oh my goodness like I don't even live in that state anymore I've you know haven't been involved in the 10 years since we lived in Arkansas but that thing is still there and God is still building upon it and other people are still doing it and the thing I wanted to forget is what he wanted to like use to bring glory to him and bring hope and help to others. And so when I read that, when I was reading that today um, in your book, and I had just saw that Instagram post earlier, I'm like, oh my goodness, like the things we want to hide or the things that God can use to bring him glory and to really um, make the fight worth it, like worth it in the lives of first ourselves and then other people. It's so true. I mean, I think to myself, I'm like, did would I really have said like, yeah, like I really want to put my depression on blast for everybody? Probably not. Yeah. But I think it this thing that I thought was going to discount me is the thing that has opened up the door to have so many meaningful conversations and to show people where God is in the mess of things. And so in that sense, I'm like, gosh, I could have never planned for that. But like God knew. Yeah. And, you know, and he knew and he wants us to fight. Like you say, is it a fight to show up or to move forward or that to believe that there can be something different? And I think it's so like so timely that your book is coming out right now. Again, it's the number one you know book for sale on depression right now because people need this message and they need to fight when they feel like giving up. So I just think I love how just God works. And you said, you know, this was came from 2014. And yet now in 2021, he's using this message to help so many people. It's just so cool. Well, and especially because I mean, I wrote it in, I wrote it in Gosh, 2019. I was like, what What time was it? Or, um, it <laughs> was a blur, you know, like 2020 lasted seven years. But yeah. I wrote it in 2019. I could have never, ever predicted how much we were actually going to need a fight song in 2020 like or 2021. Like, I remember having the meetings with my editors and being like, man, this feels like it's a long ways away, like to wait. But like so much happened in the midst of that. Yeah. And, and this had to be the timing when it came out. And I just love how God like knew and <laughs> yep. put this there. Um, and so one thing that you talk about, which I think is so important, is just daily rhythms and sustainable faith to help us in our fight. And I think so many times we just feel like we have to like ride the emotions and whatever's going on. Mm, but yeah. talk about in your life, like how have those daily rhythms and just building that faith helped you? So those daily rhythms, I think, in a lot of ways, take the place of that roller coaster ride of feelings. Because if Mm -hmm. I were to always be on that roller coaster ride of feelings, trust me, I would get nothing done, like nothing done. Um, And so for me, it's those daily rhythms of like, how do I want to show up? And like, 
who do I want to be? And even in the midst of really crazy days, like, what am I, like, what are the things that I know matter? And for me, like those things are like, you know, being in the word of God and getting mm-hmm. that sweat session in, like moving my body, even if I can't do a full workout, like still getting out and moving, um, eating foods that fuel me, like having boundaries when it comes to social media. And so I am a very like practical, like proactive person but I feel like feelings would keep me standing in one place. Feelings would tell me I don't even need to get off the couch or, you know what, like you deserve a nap. So go take a nap. And like, I'm not in any way like knocking like rest. Cause I think rest is really important, but I think sometimes like we use rest as an excuse for like just showing up and doing mm-hmm. the work that needs to get done. Like, even yesterday, like I had like this full plate of things that I had to do, but it felt, all of it felt very overwhelming. Like, you know, you're like, where do I even start? And I thought to myself, like, I could just go like take a nap though. Like that sounds really great and refreshing. And I, I had to sit there and kind of like micromanage myself a little bit to be like, wait a minute. No, you got enough sleep last night. So you don't need a nap. And like, all of this feels overwhelming. Yes. But pick one task and set a timer for 15 minutes. And that's what I did. And it only took me 15 minutes to then get into the flow of just knocking these tasks off my list. And I felt so much better by doing these things than by saying, you know what, I'm just going to nap because I don't feel like facing these things. Yeah. And I I think, and it is that like you talk about starting slow and starting small. And like you said, it's 15 minutes. We could do anything for 15 minutes. We could walk for 15 minutes. We could pay bills for 15 minutes or whatever it is that we have to do. Um, We could read our Bible for 15 minutes. I, I love how it's just like, getting those rhythms and just telling yourself, like you, like you said, giving yourself the talk or self-talk because you have to kind of get out of that slump. And I know you and I both write books. And that's one thing I say, like, if you can just do 30 minutes a day, just put it on your schedule. You're not going to go to sleep. Even if there's something else you want to do, something you want to watch on Netflix, <laughs> do whatever it is, yep. 30 minutes, like by the end of the year, you're going to have something to show for it. And I think it is those daily disciplines for me. I hate like, making phone calls, Mm. paying bills. I have this like basket on my desk that has like the bills that need to be paid. And I told myself yesterday, I'm like going to do the 10 things I don't like. And I'm just going to spend, you know, so I like made a doctor's appointment, called about a prescription, like paid a bill, like all the things I don't like. But then by the end of the day, I'm like, oh my goodness, those things are done. I don't have to do them tomorrow. And just getting those things done. I call that like, that's like eating the frog, which like my friend told me, like that's the term that they give it. Like of like, you do the thing first that you do not want to do. And it's amazing how much it feels like something has been lifted off of your conscience. It, It was the smallest task on the list, but you built it so much, like you built it up so much with your feelings. Yeah. Like when I called the doctor, I made an appointment. I've been waiting like, two months to make this doctor's appointment. It took me like five minutes. I'm like, why have I been putting that off for two months? sleep over this thing? (laughs) Yeah. And it's just so like, just do it. Just do the thing and start small. And one of the things I liked, um, uh, well, there's so much I like about your book, but another quote that it said is you're never too, you know, fill in the blank to begin again. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, you're ever too old. You're never too overweight to, you know, begin again or start, you're exercising you're over to whatever to begin again and that was so encouraging me this year I'm writing 
um, the book for Todd Tillman, who won The Voice last May. Awesome. Um, at, he, was, he was the oldest person that won The Voice at 42 years old. And um, so it's going to be released in June. But his wife made him go stand in line an audition for The Voice. And he's like, I'm too old. I'm too, uh, you know, I'm not talented enough. I'm not wow. good looking enough. They went something younger. But his wife went on good office back and he did it and made it to the show and then won the season. And I think that can be for any of us. And sometimes there might be a, someone in our life that is the one that's encouraging us and telling us to not yeah. give up. But I think most of the time it is often ourselves. It's ourselves. Where, yeah. It's so, so talk true. about yeah, more about that. Like just the fear and anxiety of the things that we know we should try, but those voices in our heads just hold us back. Every one of us, I think, has a like a different fill in the blank for that. Like, oh, I'm too blank to do this, I'm too blank to do that. And so I feel I feel like first off, it's like recognizing what is that thing and then really kind of to be able to look at it like out in context and just be like is that true? Like, do I really believe that? Does God really believe that for my life? Because I think first we have to get past whatever that lie is. But then I think we also have to decide, like, even in the face of this lie, I'm still going to move forward, right? Like, it's not going to change the outcome. And I'm not saying in any capacity that, like, you need to, like, wait until the fear is gone to start because I don't know that that ever happens, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think it's about moving forward and choosing to do the thing you're afraid of anyway and not letting that change the outcome. Like I think about it like in the season that I'm in right now of like having to um, promote and talk about this book. And like, this is not my sweet spot at all. I do not like putting things out there like this. Like I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'd rather be in my writing hole every single day. Like that's what makes me happy. But I think there's a rooted fear of like, I'm afraid people don't want to celebrate me. I'm afraid that people Mm. won't care. And so that's really what's holding me back from sharing anything. And in actuality, like, do I know that that's true? Like the moment I started to step out and started sharing this book, I was met with a a lot of great response. But it doesn't mean that every day I still don't show up afraid. I just don't let that fear stop me from actually setting forth to do the thing I know I said I wanted to do. Yeah, that is so good. And I think it is those lies. And then we have to stop and say, well, is that true? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. And who told I mean, you that? That's my yeah, big who thing. Told who told you that? that? And yeah, and and why would I think that? And sometimes it might be like, in first grade, someone said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who cares what someone said in first grade? Or who cares what I thought in high school? Or, you know, all these things. I think sometimes when we really think back and figure out, like, where did that even come from? Yeah, it's so things that we have like blown up or um you know and I remember like years and years when I first started writing this is like 94 when I went to my first writers conference I was 22 years old and I like wanted to prove myself so much because I'd been a teen mom and like I was working so hard and all of a sudden like one day like years into this writing thing when I was starting to get a little bit published but no books I thought wait a minute like who am I trying to prove it to and I was thinking Mm -hmm. was it my classmates because I was like you know almost nine months pregnant when I graduated was it like and it was nobody like there's no one there that was telling me I needed to 
do this. It was my mind saying, you need to prove yourself. You need to show them. I'm like, well, who is them? Exactly. Like, what are these lies? And once I like relinquish it, like whatever God has for me, then that's what he has for me. Like, I don't have to prove myself or all these lies. And once we stop and realize like God has big plans for us and stop listening to those lies or stop trying to prove ourselves like everything can change in that. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. But I think that comes back to like, you had to like, look at that thought and really be like, okay, where did that come from? You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't even stop to question. Was that me? Was that God? What was that? You know? And so it's like that moment, like for me, like I, I feel like my time with God, like, I don't know why people call it quiet time. Cause I'm like, it's anything but quiet. Like it's a very <laughs> proactive time where like, we're dealing with things, you know, like we're dragging things out into the light. We're figuring things out because like, I think about like how it says in the scripture, we have to throw off everything that's weighing us down. Well, sometimes I don't even know what those things are. Like there's a part in fighting forward where like, I remember I like went to a conference and I was listening to a speaker talk and like, she said, like, you are allowed to ask God, like, what is holding you back? And it had never dawned on me that I could just ask, you know, and like, it doesn't mean that you're always going to hear like this audible Morgan Freeman voice like that rarely happens. But like, (laughs) I remember in that moment, I literally was just like, what is holding me back God?" and I like I heard a response like that. Like it was just like, he Mm -hmm. just said to me the spirit of discouragement. And I remember being like, wait, what? Like, no, I definitely made that up in my head. You know, when you've heard something before and you're like, no, I think I just made that up in my head. Right. Like I didn't really hear that. That wasn't really God. But as I started to like dig deeper into like what I had heard him say, like this idea of like the spirit of discouragement, I realized that like this discouragement, like the the definition right here is to deprive of confidence, hope, or spirit, dishearten, daunt. Other words are afflict, beat down, demoralized, depressed, dismay, distress, frighten, intimidate, irk, and trouble. And like, that's the space that I was standing in without even realizing it. I had become so comfortable in that space that that had become everyday life for me. And that's, Mm. that's the dangerous thing is that some of us don't even realize we're being weighed down or held back or like stuck with like a voice of someone who said something to us when we were in the second grade or the eighth grade or in college. And we don't even realize there is so much more freedom available to us. Yeah. And I think another thing you talk about too, is like, we think everyone else has their act together. (laughs) No one does. No one does. We are all wearing sweatpants on the bottom half of us today. And just, you know, I am today. I I got my leggings on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, especially in the social media, which, you know, when I talk to either new writers or new moms, I mean, my oldest is 31. My youngest is 10. Like I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, we didn't have, I didn't have social media when I, you know, had a little toddlers running around or when I was writing my first book, like it wasn't even a thing. And I think now it's even harder because we're comparing ourselves mm. to, oh my goodness, like her house looks perfectly clean and look at all the stuff she's, you know, sharing or writing or doing. And um, I think it's even harder now because basically we would go to church on Sundays and do that comparison thing. But now it's like every moment of the day we can pull up social media and be comparing ourselves 
And, um, you know, you talk about like the girl who's watching her friends get a new job or go yeah. on dates. And mm-hmm. We feel so discouraged. But I think too, like we, that's on us though, to figure mm-hmm. out like, how do we take this tool and how do we use it for good and like yeah. figure out the boundaries that need to be set in place so that this thing is not owning and running our lives. Because like, I've definitely been in the space where I'm just really discouraged by like, it seems like everybody else is killing it. And I'm just somewhere off in the background. I don't even know. Like, you know, I'm benched on the sidelines. And then I think about it and I think, but like real life is still happening off the screen and I'm either going to show up for that or I'm not. And like, no one is really going to actually applaud me for living my real everyday life. And that's the stuff that's actually going to fill. It's never going to be how I measure up to this person or that person. I don't think that like God wants us to live in that space of comparison. Like we would be so much better off celebrating. But like I said, with that girl that like her friends had something going on and like, she felt like kind of stuck in the muds and the weeds. And I, I had to tell her like, Hey, like, you need to show up and you need to celebrate because like at some point the tables will be turned and like, you're going to want them to show up and celebrate you. Like they're going to remember how you showed up to celebrate them. So like, even if you feel like you're fighting something inside of you, like still show up for those people because like you love that person. You just don't love the thing that's really at the root of all of this. Right. There's something more going on with you. Yep. It's not about even the other person. Yeah, usually there's something at the root of it because I find in my own life that if I think I'm dealing with the person, it's only going to be a matter of time before that thing is going to jump to somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you might as well just dig a little bit deeper and figure out what the root of the thing is and then like go to battle working that out. Yeah, that is so good. It it makes me think too, just like we talk about showing up for everyday life and just living and celebrating the dailiness and like everyday life and like not letting those things hold you back. When now that I have my kids that are older and I've been homeschooling for like 26 years, it's like forever. Like it's a whole career. But it's so funny because. I'll say like, do you remember when we like dressed up as pilgrims or do you remember we went on this field trip and like all the days I thought like I was really killing it as a homeschool mom mm-hmm. and they're like, no, <laughs> and, like, but, like we have photos and all this stuff. Like I was doing all this stuff and they is the dailiness is what they remember, yep. like having dinner together and reading the Bible stories together. Like those are the things because it was daily and the things yep. that seemed like totally ordinary and okay, yeah, we're all around the dinner table. And okay, yeah, we're going to read another Bible story today that seemed like it wasn't the big stuff it ended up being the stuff that they remember and cherish and have mm-hmm. like t- traditions from our lives in the days where I thought like, Oh my goodness, this is the best field trip. And we're dressed up as pilgrims and all this stuff. They're like, yeah, I don't remember that day. That's so. hilarious. But like, yeah, like it comes down to that consistency, you know, like people like, I think it's easy. Like, I think that's our culture. That's the problem. It's easy for us to show up in one big extravagant way. It is much harder to keep showing up, especially when the rest of the world is not watching. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you could very easily just be like, yeah, nah, we're not going to do dinner around the table. Like, let's just all watch a show while we eat. Or like, you could also very easily be like, I'm going to document us at the table to let everybody know, (laughs) hey, I am a mom that has dinner at the table, you know? And so it's like, 
the fact that it's like they're going to remember that you did that because that's just a thing that you do, you know, like that's what actually changes people. Yeah. That, yeah. So it made me think of all these things that we're talking about, just the dailiness of showing up. Sometimes we get our mind just focused on the complete wrong things instead of just doing it. Right. Like, cause it's like, I'm in a season right now with a lot of work. And I like told my friend the other day, I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm so nervous. Like, well, my baby's only nine, eight months. So like, she's not going to remember much of anything at all. But like, I'm like, Oh gosh, like she's not going to remember that. Like I wasn't there for large pockets of her day, you know? And like, my friend is like, she's no, she's not going to remember that. Like (laughs) definitely not going to remember that. And if anything, like my child who's three, like her child who's three, she's like, he remembers how I do show up. He remembers that I'm there and I'm intentional when I am there. Like that's what he remembers is like, that he has my attention when he is with me. And like, it's like, that was so eye opening to me, you know, it's like, it's going to matter more to her that I'm with her and not attached to my phone when I'm with her than me having to work for a few hours. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so like, and I always tell my daughter who has a one and almost two year old and, um, you know, a hundred years ago, like their kids were strapped to the back, their their parents back for eight hours as their moms were in the field or washing like clothes in the wash basin. (laughs) I don't know. We just think like the whole day has to be like perfectly, you know, reading books and doing this. It's like, no, like children have survived. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not an expert at all on, um, family or not family motherhood I'm like eight months into it but like we'll put her down on the floor with her toys and like she is the most content there when we just kind of leave her alone we're doing our thing off in the kitchen and she's just playing with her toys and I'm like huh like it's not about keeping them entertained at every hour of the day yeah, exactly. And now that I have my older, and I keep mentioning this, older, like it's helped me so much with my younger kids, like knowing the older kids turned out. So I always kind of like look yeah. like, okay, I didn't do everything perfectly, but they turned out great. They're, you know, we're on the right track. Like they're doing good. But even when they were little, I felt so guilty for like taking like two hours a day to write. Um, you know, they were like, you know, four and two and one. And I'm like, this is mommy's writing time. I felt like horrible. Mm. Looking back now, I'm like, they learned to entertain themselves. Like they learned all these things. They learned and so that again, the world didn't revolve around them. Exactly. And it just goes back to our minds. And I think this is where we started from the beginning. Like all the things, all those negative thoughts that we tell ourselves, yeah. the lies that we listen to just will, will keep us first of all they'll hold us back but even if we do do something it also can rob the joy yep. from the things that we're doing too it's so true it is so true and yeah life is too short to not have that joy yeah absolutely okay so I just want to talk about one more thing before we wrap this up and um you know you, you talk about scars mm-hmm. um and one of the quotes that I underlined and starred in the book (laughs) says um even if life breaks your heart decide to show up anyway because the scars are worth the purpose you fought for Mm. and i think so many times we try to hide those scars which so just talk a little bit about the scars and how we need to keep just showing up yeah i well i don't know where we got this idea that like we weren't supposed to get like bruised and beat up in the process, right? Like no, nowhere in the Bible does it say like you're called to be comfortable. And so I think like 
Laura's like scars used to be something I thought like we have to hide those. Like we can't be vulnerable about, about those. I'm like, scars are like proof that we showed up for the fight. Right. Like they're the proof mm. that we were here, that like we, we fought for what actually mattered, that we went through the dark and we came out on the other side of it. And so I think that like, the beauty of scars as opposed to like open wounds or bruises is that scars have had the time to heal and yet they're still there. Like the mark of them is still there. And I think about like my depression and I'm like, okay, like that, that very much like 2014, when I fought through that life threatening depression, like that was very much a scar in my life. It will always be there. It left a mark on me. But the beauty of that is that if people can see the scar, they can ask about the scar and there's a story behind that. And maybe there's a belief then when they hear that story of, oh, wow, like maybe one day this wound will become a scar. Maybe one day this bruise will become a scar. Doesn't mean that it's not healed. It just means that someone else can see that it has been healed. There's actually proof and evidence, visual evidence that that thing has healed And so to me, that's just really beautiful. And the way that I try to approach like most stories in my life is that like the scars are just proof that we showed up for the battle. Oh, that is so good. It makes me again, think of my girls that we adopted as teenagers in Mm -hmm. foster care and um, they're all, they're going to give them their birthdays coming up. I'm going to give them each one of uh, a copy of your book. I have twins. Oh, I love that. Going to be 18. So they're each going to get a copy and I'm going to write that quote in the front and like, tell them what page it came from because so many times like because they you know, talk about oh man why do we have to go through all this stuff and end up in foster care and but those scars I see them so compassionate to people mm-hmm. and like they'll see someone that like mom did you notice that homeless woman outside I'm like no I, I was just walking in the grocery store like I wasn't yeah. even but because of what they face and what they've overcome they see things that I don't see yeah. and they have tenderness to people that I wouldn't have wow, and so yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, so I'm excited about giving that for their birthday coming up and putting that quote because I think it's going to be a beautiful testimony to them to know like okay yeah just keep fighting forward keep going so I'm just so thankful like I said this book has lots of underlines and lots of stars and I really appreciate you sharing your heart so even those times you're like oh my goodness I don't want to talk about this again but <laughs> that it's worth it thank you I yeah no it's all I'm grateful for all of it you know it's just a blessing to be able to share my stories and to have somebody's attention for 200 work 200 pages you're like wow that's a huge honor yeah I love that so as we wrap up um Hannah what would you just say to maybe someone who was saying man I didn't even realize like the battles I was fighting and the fear that I was finding how much I've been holding myself back um but this has been eye-opening to them what would you say to that person as we close this today honestly I would probably tell them like my first thought was like to kind of pick your next step in the next direction but Then I had another answer that kind of trumped that in my head was maybe like the first thing to do if this is what you're realizing that like, well, there is a lot here. Tell somebody about it. Don't Mm -hmm. sit alone in it. Like tell your husband, tell your best friend, tell whoever is on your text thread today, you know, like don't feel like you have to just keep this to yourself. Because I think if you can share that with somebody else and somebody else can keep you accountable to like maybe wading into that deeper or, you know, picking that next step. But like, don't feel like you have to go through that alone. 
Oh, that is so good. And I think that is so true that we get strength when there's someone else, you know, yeah. that comes alongside us. Oh, that's so good. Well, Hannah, where can um, listeners find more information about you and about your book, Fighting Forward? They can find everything at hannahbrunter.com. That's where I blog. I stock that place up with um, encouragement all the time. And there's a page on there for the book, Fighting Forward, where you can get all the info. It is sold at bookstores, Amazon, shop local, support indie, wherever books are sold. Well, thank you, Hannah, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Wow. I just love Hannah's attitude so much. And truly, there are so many good things in this book, Fighting Forward. And honestly, this wouldn't have been even part of my vocabulary, like a lot of it before um, adopting girls that really struggle with anxiety and depression. But I think I have learned so much. And like Hannah said, you know, just showing up, just continuing to fight is often a bigger thing than we realize. Um, I think when it comes to mental health and people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, we just want to say, you know, like, just get better. Like, why can't you just, just make yourself happy or get better? But the fact that people are continuing to fight and continue to show up is huge. And um, I love that Hannah shares her story, but also does it in a way that is just like the cheerleader on the side. Like she said, she started writing like, what encouragement would she give to her daughter someday, which is so sweet that she does have a daughter now. But what encouragement would you give to someone else? And then looking and saying, I need those words too. I need to silence that inner critic. I need to be my own cheerleader. I need to, you know, keep showing up and not letting fear steal the life that God has for us. Um, One, another quote that I got from the book says, you don't have to see the whole story of how things will unfold outlined in front of you. Just decide to show up this day, this very hour with everything that you have. And I think just that mindset of like, yeah, this day is not going to be perfect. Yesterday wasn't perfect. Tomorrow won't be perfect either. I don't even know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Or I don't even know if these first steps that I'm taking on this certain thing are going to get me far, but it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to do the thing and I'm just going to do it today. And I think in our lives, when we're willing to do that, when we're willing to silence the fear and silence um, those voices that tells us that it's not going to be worth it or it's not going to work out. And when we just do the things that we feel God asking us to do, that so much can change. And I love that verse that Hannah and I talked about at the beginning of the show, um, Isaiah 43, 19, where it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that is Isaiah 43, 19. And I loved how she talked about the newness. That new thing is also a rebuilding. It's God taking those broken pieces. It's not like he just threw out everything, all the brokenness and like is just doing something completely new. No, he's rebuilding what was broken and taking what looked like it was ruined and making it into something beautiful. And I love how she shared that. And I love um, just that image that that gives us that those things that maybe we thought, I don't want to think about, I don't want to tell people that I'm struggling with this. I don't want to want to let people know that that was in my past, that those are the things that God can use to rebuild 
and to make something beautiful out of it. So let me just pray for us today. Dear Lord, I am so thankful for this new year and the hope that it brings. Um, But I know that that hope comes from you. And it's not the number on the year, um, moving from 2020 to 2021, that's going to change things, but it's really you and us. And when we allow you to come in and to speak truth and speak hope, that is really what's going to change. I thank you um, for Hannah and all that you are doing in her life. I thank you for her sweet baby girl and her husband and how you're just using her to share this message of fighting, um, of beating the lies and breaking down the things that hold us back and the continue to bless her and her ministry, Lord. And I pray for every listener out there, maybe they're looking at that pile of rubble and they're thinking, there's nothing good here and God can't do anything with us. And I pray that, um, that the listeners and myself will just relinquish those things that we wanted to hide and allow you to transform them into something beautiful, as you say, um, that you are doing a new thing. And that new thing comes from rebuilding those broken pieces. I pray for every listener for hope, for encouragement, um, for the ability today to just show up even when they don't feel like it and um, that you will show up as you always promise you will in that moment. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, one of the things that I didn't talk about, which I barely mentioned um, in the bio when I was reading it, reading about Hannah, is that she is the um, founded the world needs more letters. And it all started, you could Google her, in fact, we'll put it in the show notes, her TED Talk that talked about how she wrote letters of encouragement and just left them all over her city. And then she was able to talk about this in a TED Talk. And um, I love how she just encourages people to send letters to those who need encouragement because I totally love this. Um, Just today, mailed the letter to my mom from two of my kids that wrote a letter to her. And I just love just putting, dropping notes in the mail. And then it's so fun to get those letters in the mail or notes in the mail. I remember years ago, we were so excited when we get new emails. And now it's like emails are so common that when a letter shows up, (laughs) we're like so excited about it. But I wanted to share that in my shop, if you go to trishagoyer.com and just click on shop, which will also have the link in the show notes, um, I sell greeting cards. So during 2020, when everything's going on and we're it's not, I want to say stuck at home, but we're home all day um, with our families and, you know, we weren't going and doing all the activities that we were doing, the homeschool activities, the sports, and we had more time, I started watercolor painting, which is something I've wanted to do forever. I took a painting class seriously like in 1996, like this is telling you how long ago I've been wanting to do this. And then when we were home, had more time, wasn't running everywhere. I started watercolor painting. I realized I love it. It is so much fun. It just brought so much joy to me. And I would post things on you know Facebook. People like, oh my goodness, you need to make greeting cards or so. 
I just this year, the end of twelve, the end of twenty twenty, I ended up making greeting cards, which are available on my store. So if you go to my online shop, you will see my books, most of my books, the ones that I have in my garage that I'm sending out faithfully <laughs> to those who purchase them. But I also have bundles of greeting cards with my watercolor art, and so if you just need um, to just share an encouragement with someone. Um, these cards would be a great addition to be able to do that, to put a note in the mail and let people know that you're just thinking about them. And I think that is such an encouragement, especially as we're looking at the start of this new year with hope that it can bring to all of us that's just putting those notes in the mail can make a big difference. Again, everything will be in the show notes. If you just go to walkitoutpodcast.com and look for this episode with Hannah Brencher and you will see the links to everything I've talked about, and then also the links to look at those greeting cards. But friend, I just thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I pray that you always be encouraged and inspired. And if this encouraged you, just share it with a friend. All the shareable links are on walkitoutpodcast.com. You can just share the episode with a friend and that they can encourage today. So have a great day. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.